0: Hello, it's Thursday, July the 15th. Hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Now, I'll be honest, what's the plan for dinner tonight then? You're cooking something from scratch, grabbing a freezer meal, maybe, or perhaps ordering some fast food? I'm asking, not just because I'm a little bit nosy, but because a report today is calling for taxes to be imposed on sugary and salty foods to help improve our diets and protect the NHS. It also calls for GPs in England to be able to prescribe fruit and veg. As well as dramatic cuts to the amount of meat we consume. With a review, it was commissioned by the government and has a catchy little title called England's National Food Strategy. Henry Dibbleby is the man behind the new proposals.
2: We've put in place a recommendation for a huge education package on cookery and nutrition because we've lost the skills through three generations you know that is going to take time we eat more processed food than any other country in europe about 50 percent compared to 14 percent in italy
0: so what do experts think then well ish has been speaking to julie clark she's a nutritionist who's based in whitstable
3: well yet again we are looking at this big issue that we've got with obesity and what to do about it and this is another scheme that they're trying but i think for my main concern is that it will just put the price of food up and the manufacturers won't necessarily change anything that's my main concern i don't think it goes far enough it doesn't really put the responsibility on the the food companies to really change i think yeah i think the prices of, of those foods will just go up
4: that's the i guess the inevitable knock on effect really isn't it
3: yeah i mean if you think about with cigarettes for example we We've seen the price of cigarettes go up and up. But if you're somebody that is addicted to, to nicotine, then you just find the extra money. And I think that's my main concern. It's not necessarily dealing with the underlying issue. It's I think it's just going to put the price up.
4: So what, what do you think should be done here if it's not going far enough?
3: Yeah, and that's the big question, isn't it? And this is the... the the one that no one can seem to answer i think the trouble is is that our body is our bodies still aren't set up to deal with the way that we live nowadays that's the fundamental issue and it's far too easy to to buy and and eat foods that aren't necessarily good for us it's a massive convenience factor we're very time poor now so there's a lot to consider here we know that in deprived areas there is a a lack of fresh produce and then there's other things there's there's things like people don't necessarily know how to cook from scratch anymore there's so many factors it's such a complicated subject so yeah I wish I had the magic answer
4: so do you feel that uh, as you're saying it doesn't go far enough that this won't be enough to i guess the heart of the problem is perhaps the the commercialization of these products and I, I, I guess you feel that this won't break that attraction
3: no i think i mean there was a tv program on fairly recently that looked at the impact of ultra processed foods on our well, on our, on our children but the doctor that did the study you know, he showed that eating those ultra-processed foods, and we are talking about these foods that are high in salt and sugar, did increase his calorific intake. And there was a study done in America that looked at giving somebody the exact same nutrition, but one was from ultra-processed foods and the other one was from fresh foods, and that increased a person's weight, even though the, food, the nutrition of the food was the same. So this is where it gets complicated. And the thing that I highlighted from that TV program was the fact that the food manufacturing representative basically said that money comes before health. And that's the problem that you're dealing with. These companies are very, very, they have experts in, you know, to, to get that bliss point just right, to fire off those, you know, the dopamine in our brains for us to want more. So if you are on a diet of those convenience foods, it's very hard to come off of them.
0: If today's proposals do go ahead, it would make England the first country in the world to bring in a tax on sugar and salt. We're told the levy could raise £3 billion a year, which it said should be spent on free school meals. Another startling stat is that poor diets are contributing to 64,000 deaths a year, as well as driving climate change. Well, do you think a sugar and salt tax would reduce the amount of junk food we eat? You can let us know by commenting on our socials. Kent Online News. Next today, and we've had a statement from the owners of Moo Moo in Maidstone, which has been gutted by fire. You may have heard in yesterday's podcast how crews were called at 2.30 in the morning as flames ripped through the building on Week Street. But the venue is owned by Kieran O'Quigley. This is what he's had to say, voiced by our reporter, Jamie. The devastation this has caused our family is beyond words that we can fathom at this time. We've had the toughest of 18 months and we're just one week away from the first grasps at normality. As a family, we're attempting to digest this horrific tragedy and we ask all customers to bear with us. We have no offices, no computers, no equipment, no phone lines, no access to our venue at all. These have all been taken as a result of this atrocious fire." At present, our venue remains closed and we, as a family, attempt to digest this tragedy which has ripped through our lives and our business. Whilst we're unable to access your emails at this time, we're already overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and support. We will be back, that much is certain. Next, an Ramsgate man who rode an e-scooter while drunk and without a licence has been banned from driving for two years. 21-year-old Taylor Daly from King Charles Avenue also verbally abused police when it happened in June. Something you might not be aware of is that it's actually illegal to ride e-scooters in public spaces unless they've been hired as part of a government trial, like the one that's taking place in Canterbury. The number of people out of work in Kent has dropped by more than 3,600 in the last month. Stats released today show 59,700 were claiming unemployment benefits across the county in June, although that's still nearly 27,000 more than before the pandemic. Well, Oliver Kemp is hosting The Lowdown live from 6.30 this evening, and you're going to be talking about jobs on the show, Ollie.
4: Yeah, Nicholas, so I'll be joined by Tony Line, who is the Director of the Kent Recruitment Bureau. We're going to talk about a lot of different things on this episode. Some of it will be specific industries that have suffered more than others, and places where there are more jobs available than others, and also some tips and tricks on what you might want to do if you are looking for a job. Now, what are the best ways of going about that, and, and the specific things you need to look out for in Kent? Tony's uh, been a recruitment consultant for a long time, so he'll have a lot of interesting things to say, I'm sure. So, yeah, make sure you join us live from six thirty on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Two men have been charged with smuggling firearms after three guns were seized at the port of Dover. Border force discovered the pistols inside a lorry at the eastern docks. The Albanian nationals, who were in their 30s, are due back in court next month. Now, people living near a former army barracks in Folkestone that's been used to house asylum seekers say it's brought the community closer together. There's been widespread criticism since Napier Barracks was opened up to men who'd crossed the Channel in small boats, with protests even being staged outside. Some have claimed those neighbouring the barracks are petrified, but we've been told that's simply not the case. Michelle Barber lives in Cheriton. My personal feelings have been that when I met the
4: refugees, I've met quite a lot of the refugees now, I was just overwhelmed by their courage their amazing resilient skills, their absolutely appalling journeys here and how they've managed to cope. Um, And the community, we collected shoes and coats and other bits and bobs um, because we realised the men didn't have any shoes, they were walking around in flip-flops. And I was absolutely amazed and unbelievably touched by the generosity of the community, the kindness. So many people gave um, trainers and coats and gloves before the winter to men who had nothing and really wanted to help those men. And um, that has been a really wonderful thing that's brought a lot of the community together and has shown incredible kindness. I think probably the only negative feeling I might have is that I feel a sense of shame that, are, that many people in power have spread misinformation through some daily newspapers and through social media and through radio and television sites. Um, they use the word illegal immigrants. In fact, it's that's not true. Um, every person is entitled to seek refuge in this country, but they may not be granted refuge. They may have to leave, but they're entitled to seek refuge. So they're legal. Everybody is legal here. Um, And I think there is a real desire by some people in power to try to divide us, to try to make people feel, blame and target particular groups who are disadvantaged groups. Any disadvantaged group deserves our care. And um, uh, it makes me feel very sad and very angry when I read that misinformation.
0: The Home Office has repeatedly defended its use of the site. You can read our special report at kentonline.co.uk.
1: Kent Online Reports.
0: Britain's biggest motorway services operator is planning to build a new lorry park in Kent. Moto Hospitality is hoping to spend £18 million on a site at junction 2A of the M26 near Rutum. They say it'll resolve the shortage of lorry parking across the county. A man and woman have been arrested after an argument about the portion size at a fish and chip shop in Folkestone. Staff at Harbour Fish Bar were allegedly abused and threatened yesterday by a couple who claimed their meal was too small. Figures given to the podcast show more than 300 people here in the southeast have had a life-saving organ transplant in the past year, but almost 550 are still on the waiting list. NHS Blood and Transplant say the number of families giving consent for organs to be donated has risen slightly over the past 12 months a year later than planned the open golf championship is finally underway at royal st george's in sandwich the four-day event is part of the government's covid pilot scheme which means up to thirty-two thousand fans will be allowed to watch well our sports editor matthew panting is there for the kent online podcast so better late than never what's it like there on the course in sandwich
1: It's been an excellent start to this week's championships. There were a few hundred hardy souls who rose before the crack of dawn probably to get here to see England's Richard Bland hit the first tee shot just after half past six this morning. The crowd has swelled considerably since then with just over 30,000 expected each day here in Sandwich. Despite those big numbers, I have to say it's very roomy out on the course. Yes, there's big crowds following the top players around. But the people that I've been speaking to are just glad that the Open is taking place again after what happened 12 months ago.
0: As I said, this is one of the test events. What are the do's and don'ts for fans?
1: Well, those in attendance have to show proof of two vaccination doses at least 14 days before their arrival or proof of a negative lateral flow test. Spectators also need to agree to a code of conduct, watch a COVID safety video and complete a health questionnaire before their arrival. The face masks are not mandatory with the, the event being outside, but they are asked to be used in the shop or on the park and bus ride, for example.
0: And as far as the action concerned, who are the favourites to lift the claret jug?
1: Well, at the start of the day, John Rahm was the favourite, but that's changed already on day one, with Rahm making a double bogey six at the par four ninth. Jordan Spieth is already in the clubhouse on 5-under. Danny Willett, one of the first players out, returned on 3-under. While Justin Rose has also gone well on day one. Some of the big guns will look to make their move on Friday, but Lynx golf is never easy, and it will present plenty more challenges in the coming days, I'm sure.
0: Thanks, Matthew. Now it's hoped the event will bring a big boost for businesses in the area too. Alistair Bayliss is from Bayliss Executive Travel. Their coaches are going to be taking people to and from the course.
2: It's absolutely fantastic, really. I mean, our, our industry has been has been hit particularly hard with the pandemic. We haven't had as much support as we'd like. In fact, we've had none from the government other than the furlough scheme. Um so this is a real welcome uh a treat for us really to be to be back working. You know, properly again, and, and and seeing so many people as well, it's it's. I think it's great for the area. I think it's fantastic. We're kind of primarily working with with the R N A itself, looking after sort of referees and committee members and and, and people like that. So, uh, uh, but it, it's just going to be great to see. I mean, you, you've seen them in the, at the Euros over the past couple of weeks. You know, everybody's smiling again. Everybody's having a bit of a feel good factor. And I do think after the last twelve months, you know, it's it's definitely something that we should all embrace. We did the open with the RNA back in, in 2011 when it when it, it came down the last time. And um, we were pretty well prepared because we, we knew sort of March, April what 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 we were need what we, we were requiring to do. Um we kind of found out last week what, what they were needing. Um and it's really just about putting the right things in place, ensuring all the driver know the pickup points and collection points and drop-off points and car parks down at Royal St George's and You know, the various pickup points at hotels in Canterbury and and Dover. And uh, we're kind of running a shuttle service. So just making sure all the vehicles are prepped, everything's ready, everything's sanitised. Obviously, all the drivers are tested on a daily basis. So on top of doing what we would normally do, we've we've got to do it a little bit better and keep everybody safe uh, whilst we do that as well. I think sport has played quite an important part of society over the past 12 months. And I'd like to think that you know, that with the coverage that Sandwich will get um, through the, the various media channels. I mean, this is worldwide. It's not. It's not just you know a sort of a British tournament. This is a worldwide audience, and there'll be probably a lot more people. I think golf has has, has also increased in popularity through the pandemic. So you'd love to think that more people are going to look at it, see what Sandwich in the surrounding areas have to offer, and uh, and 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 you know. Come and spend some money down our end of the
0: country. And you can follow the action by clicking on the sport pages of Kent Online. Little has announced plans for a second store to be built in Medway. The supermarket giant wants to open a branch on the site of the former Cuxton landfill pit in Strood. It's understood it would create around 40 jobs. A rare plot of land said to be one of the most desirable places to live in Kent has come on the market. The site at Lees at Kingsdown overlooks the channel and properties nearby normally go for well over a million pounds. The three-quarters of an acre plot, which has planning permission, is up for sale at 850000 And Herne Bay has been named as one of the best places in the UK for a cultured getaway. Researchers looked at towns and cities, which typically aren't as crowded. Herne Bay apparently scored highest for its art museums and is fourth overall on the list.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Cricket and Kent captain Sam Billings has revealed he was one of the England players who tested positive for coronavirus last week. The team's been isolating after an outbreak in the squad. Billings says he's now recovered and completed his 10-day quarantine. Meantime, Kent's latest county championship match against Sussex has ended in a draw. Harry Finch was drafted into the side after a COVID outbreak among the first team players and scored a century. He's been speaking on the club socials. Got
5: a call up on Saturday afternoon just basically saying just to be covered, and, you know, we weren't sure what was happening. Um, yeah, and then it all sort of uh, happened quite quickly, it's probably a good thing actually. Um, so yeah, it's been been a really good week, quite a strange one, but um, yeah, it's ended up being a good one. I suppose a week ago you probably couldn't have imagined this would happen, but looking back now you're probably quite chuffed. Yeah, and that, well, I've been playing the twos all year. Um, look, you just don't you don't really know when it's going to happen. Obviously, we're in, we're in strange times at the moment, so um, yeah, I'd certainly, wasn't expecting that when I was playing club cricket on the Saturday, I just played an awful shot and had come off and I was quite angry with myself and then got a bit of good news, So, um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all, so yeah, it's a nice bonus. How's your form sort of been in the two? you you been feeling good this year? Yeah, no, I've, I've done pretty well. I've, I've got a hundred, uh, I've got four or five fifties as well in, in T20s and stuff, so um, yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just nice to take my chance and um, chance this game.
0: Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News
1: you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.